I love Vision Sunday, and uh, I love that it's an opportunity for us across all our campuses to articulate our vision of human flourishing. And uh, we believe that people flourish best in a relationship with Jesus. And I love that prophetic word. And I I think we went to all our campuses that God is just taking the blinkers off and helping us to see wider. He's got more for us as we move forward and as as we go forward. And we're just believing for that in 2023 that God has got more of us. So uh, we want to do a vision series, and I'm going to do two messages today, one this morning, a different message tonight. And so uh, unlike normal, tonight's message will also be on like podcast so that you, you are able to see that. And I'd love you to come back uh, tonight because I've got a great message for tonight. But uh, this series, and then we're going to do another Sunday a little bit later on in a few weeks' time where we'll do another couple of messages around this theme called Future Noughts. And it's a made-up word, I know. And uh, it's a convergence of two words, future and nautical. We all know what the future is. And nautical means to sail, to navigate, to sail. Astronauts sail the stars. Cosmonauts sail the planets, the cosmos. And our vision is to discover the future that God has for us here at Icon Church. So we're future noughts. And also to discover the, God, the future God has for us as individuals and as families. Amen? So we're sailing the future. Uh, so I'm not the only person who makes uh, made, made up words. Because as I told you, in 10 days time, Jeannie and I go in on our honeymoon. And um, <clears throat> I won't say any more about that. Because so, um, after 38 years... And uh, Jeannie started packing already, and every day she tells me how many days we've got left, and she started packing. And the other day she said to me, I've put your snorkeler in the case. I said, Jeannie, it's not a snorkeler, it's a snorkel. I'm the snorkeler, that's the snorkel. Our vision is human flourishing. And uh, I want to start with this verse. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30, Jesus says this, and it's amazing the verse that Jacob Yeomans just shared about the kids. Think of that phrase in there, great will be the peace of your children. You need to take that as a promise if you're a person, don't you? A parent right now, great will be the peace of your children. We need to take that as a promise for our kids' work as a church. Great will be the peace of our children. Amen. We need to take that as a promise in youth work where teenagers face incredible anxiety in these times. Great will be the peace of our children. Come on. Come on, somebody. Jesus says these words, come to me, all of you who are tired and carrying heavy loads. I will give you rest. Everybody say rest. Become my servants and learn from me. I am gentle and free of pride. You will find rest for your souls. Serving me is easy and my load is light. Did you notice what Jesus said there? Serving me is easy and my load is light. The first part of this Future Note series, I want to talk about zero gravity. Zero gravity. Some of you may have picked up on social media or um, some other place about a revival that's been happening for two and a bit weeks in America called Asbury, in a university called Asbury. 
and it's finished now because the students have had to go back to lectures and things like that, but it lasted over two weeks. And basically, it was a student prayer meeting, and Christians, thousands of Christians from all over America flocked to Asbury University in Kentucky, and uh, after students led a spontaneous, round-the-clock, 24-7 prayer service that lasted more than two weeks. Literally, it just kept going for two weeks. We've got a picture here of uh, the room just constantly full, queues, people having to be in overflow rooms and outside. It started when a few students stayed late after a chapel service on February the 8th this year, and they just continued singing and continued praying, and they didn't leave. And then other students joined them, and over several days, that stretched into a week and then into another week. And uh, somebody said this about their experience of that. It said, the peace that was in the room was unexplainable. A couple of buddies and I just went to run around to the different classrooms and barged in on classes and said, there's a revival happening. This has been led by Gen Z students and uh, there's been no hype, no personality, no advertising, no big name leading it. It's just been about prayer and worship, and the presence of God. And I was talking recently, actually this week, to a friend in America uh, on Zoom, and I was just asking about this. I was saying about this 24-7 prayer and worship meeting going on. And they said to me that the characteristics that everybody's talking about, what people are saying about it is, there's an incredible sense of peace, and an incredible heightened sense of love repentance and reconciliation are there but predominantly everybody is saying how much peace that they're experiencing and how much of the love of God they're experiencing in his presence Jesus said you will find rest for your souls I love those verses we read Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30 from the message translation it says this are you tired worn out burned out on religion come to me Get away with me, Jesus says, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't let, let, lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Do you know what I love about this is, is, is the fact that our world is far from peaceful. You know, we've just done a stronger series, which we tagged bold faith in a noisy world. And our world, doesn't it, screams at us all the time. It is far from peaceful. Just look at the news and there's there's just no peace in our world at all. And the... I love the fact that this revival, this, this prayer meeting really, that's what it was for over two, two weeks, actually had these characteristics of peace and love. Because life, our world, is 24-7 noise. It's not 24-7 peace and love. It's 24-7 crazy noise. I don't know if any of you follow Nathan uh, Benja, our campus pastor here on Chesterfield on Instagram, but he posted a photo, a, a video. There are Chesterfield campus pastors, and they're now experiencing what Jeannie and I experienced when we were younger, having three boys in the, 
in the house and he posted a photo of uh, Zion and Silas just singing, shouting, dancing, wrestling together. They experienced this window of time. It's about 5 p.m. in the evening through to about 6.30 when the younger two go to bed and it's just madness. It's almost like you would think that they would have uh, run out of energy during the day, but it's, the reality is they've saved it all up <laughs> for just before bedtime, and it goes crazy. And that's what our, our world is not a joyful or a pleasant noise. It's any time, day or night, it's shouting, screaming, uh, with a lack of peace and a lack of rest. It never stops. Have you noticed there's always a crisis, and if there isn't a crisis, somebody will make one up like some of the tweets that are coming out from certain people, you know, made up some certain aspects of crisis made up. Someone will create a crisis to get our attention. Our world is a long way from peace. Our world is not peaceful. But life also might not be peaceful for us. There's work, there's family, there's finances, there's health. And we, they all have moments of beauty, but they also have moments of sadness, Anxiety and challenge. Someone said recently, although we have the highest standard of living recorded in history, we still suffer from what people call the silver medal syndrome. And that is it never quite seems enough. Life. We didn't win the gold medal, we got the silver medal. And the most depressed person on the podiums is not the gold medal winner or the bronze medal winner, it's the silver medal, because they almost got it, but it wasn't quite enough. Most of the way we spend our time is dictated to us, isn't it, by other people. Stephen Covey said this, the most important things in life don't scream for our attention. We get distracted by the tyranny of the urgent, something else demanding our time, life. Not just our world, but our own lives can seem a long way from peace. And then our faith. Our faith attracts opposition. Have you noticed that? That our faith attracts opposition. In fact, Jesus teaches in his very first sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, at the end of the Beatitudes, in Matthew chapter 5, verses 10 to 12, he says this, Blessed are those who suffer for doing what is right. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Blessed are you when people make fun of you and hurt you because of me. You are also blessed when they tell all kinds of evil lies about you because of me. Be joyful and glad. Well, none of those things make me joyful and glad. I'm sorry. But like suffering doesn't make me joyful and glad. People telling lies doesn't make me joyful and glad. I have never liked people making fun of me. Like a close friend. You know, banter, I can cope with that, but I have none of those things. But Jesus said, be joyful and glad because your reward in heaven is great. In the same way, people hurt the prophets who lived long ago. Our faith can attract opposition. You know, when Jesus says those things, and I read those things, blessed are you when you suffer, when people make fun of you, when people tell lies about you, evil lies, I think, oh boy, Jesus... Like, there's a long way to go for me to find peace. And all of these things can weigh us down. They can be weight to, weights upon our soul. 
Astronauts tell us how when they adjust to zero gravity, at first it's disorientated. They have to eat differently, they have to walk differently, exercise differently. But once you're used to it, <coughs> there's a sense of it being a state of incredible peace and rest. And Jesus says to us today in Stocksbridge, Jesus says to us today in Derby, in Sheffield, in Chesterfield, I have got rest for your soul. I've got peace for you. And the Apostle Paul calls it, it's a peace that passes understanding. In other words, you can't work it out. You're not meant to be at peace. Nobody else is at peace, <coughs> but you're at peace because it's a peace that comes from God. Philippians 4, 6 and 7, Paul says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. <clears throat> and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The peace that Jesus invites us to experience is not found intellectually. It's beyond understanding. And we do, to discover the future that God has for us, we will discover this peace in Jesus. Uh, a few months ago, I created a quote and it was this we don't have a pace problem we have a peace problem I've amended it to say this the reason we have a pace problem is because we have a peace problem we lack peace and therefore we don't know how to live in the rhythms of life Jesus wants us to experience zero gravity <clears throat> he doesn't want these weights pulling us down nothing weighing us down and so in these verses, he tells us how, how, because I know you're asking how, and I'm so glad you're asking how do we experience this rest? How do we experience this peace <coughs> for our souls? Well, just two things this morning before we pray. The first is this, Jesus says, come to me, yeah. come yeah. to me. Before peace is a pattern, before peace is a practice, peace is a person. We all look for peace in experiences or we all look for peace in patterns or we all look for peace in ideas, but peace is found in a person and the person is Jesus. Matthew 11 verse 28, he says, come to me, all of you are tired and carrying heavy loads. Jesus has this confidence that he is the answer to our peace problem. That no matter what's happening in our world, no matter what's happening in our life, and even when we're persecuted or there's opposition around because of our faith, he can still give us peace, even in that situation. Some of you walked in here today, and some of you walked into our campuses, some of you joined us online today, and the world is screaming at you, things are screaming at you to try and pull you down, to weigh you down. You feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders, but Jesus is confident that in this moment of your life, he can give you rest, and he can give you peace. Come on, if you believe it, say amen. So it's an invitation, it's an invitation from Jesus to come to me, come to me, come to me in this moment, come to me in this anxiety, come to me when everything is screaming at you. And I know, as you know, that accepting an invitation can change your life. 
the statistics tell us that somewhere between 80 and 85% of people who come to church and find a relationship with Jesus come because of an invitation from a friend or a work colleague or a neighbor, and an invitation can change a person's life forever. Will you marry me is an invitation. 40 years ago, Jeannie and I got together and I asked the question, will you marry me? And she said yes. And I want to tell you that changes everything. It changed my life forever and it changed my life for the better. And as you all know, this year we get to go on our honeymoon. (laughs) So when Jesus invites us to come to him, he's confident that he's got all we need. The invitation that Jesus gives is not for his benefit. He's not saying, come and work for me. And, you know, he's not, not, not saying, come and do all this stuff. He's just saying, first of all, come to me come to me he has what we need Jesus doesn't say though what normal religion and modern religion says just do whatever works for you whatever gives you peace just like just do it just do whatever works for you Jesus doesn't say try this try that do this do that because he knows that our experiences are fleeting he knows that if we put our trust and our search for peace in anything else that there'll be short-lived peace and short-lived rest but ultimately that anxiety that weight that burden will hit us again he knows that nothing else ultimately satisfies I was thinking as I was preparing this of a, an old hymn. I mean, it's a really old hymn, so forgive, forgive the, uh, the language of this hymn. But I, I somehow, I don't know why, but I've remembered the words of this hymn over many, many decades. And a couple of verses go like this. One goes, I tried the broken cisterns, Lord, but oh, the waters failed. Even as I stooped to drink, they fled and mocked me as I wailed. Talking about the world and all the things we try and all the places we look for peace, that they fail us. And ultimately, they don't just fail us, they mock us. But then the next verse or another verse in that song, that hymn says this, O Christ, in thee my soul hath found and found in thee alone the peace, the joy I sought so long, the bliss till now unknown the hymn writer knew what it was to search for peace and not find it but actually to ultimately find it in Jesus so Jesus says come to me how do you know when you've done that how do you know when you've come to him well two things the first is this when you believe with all your heart like he does that he is the answer You know and I know when we have come to Jesus and we have done that that he asks us to do. We've accepted that invitation when we believe with all our heart that he is the answer. We often talk about how inclusive Jesus is, that he loves everyone. But there's at least this one area where Jesus is completely exclusive. Where Jesus is completely exclusive, and that's where you should find, go to find peace. Because he knows everything else is broken and fleeting. And so he says, come to me. Come to me alone. 
In John chapter one, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way. He's completely exclusive. He doesn't say, try this, try that, whatever works for you. No, he says, come to me. The disciples knew this. There's a moment when uh, the people become angry with Jesus at his teaching. The crowds become angry. And loads of people leave him. They just disappear. They just go. We can't cope with this any longer. This guy, we're not sure what he's teaching. They just disappear. And Jesus turns to his disciples and he says, are you going to leave me? Are you going to leave me as well? And they say this, Lord, where would we go? You have the words of eternal life. You see, you know when you have come to Jesus, when you fully believe that he has everything you need. The second thing is, you know you've come to Jesus when you're spending time in his presence. And you're doing that right now. You're in his house. We're worshiping together. We're gathered together. We're hearing his voice as his word is taught. And I, we want to encourage across Icon Church every person to find a rhythm of spending time with Jesus, whatever that looks like, however that fits into your life and your, to spend time with Jesus because the way that you know that you've come to him is when you're spending time with him. And that's why we created followjesus.uk website to help people. And I mentioned that earlier in the service. And again, if you've not engaged with that, I want to encourage you to do that. <clears throat> we asked the question, how do we follow Jesus as Icon Church? And we came up with five things and on that website are resources to help you. So where's peace found? Where do we find peace? Where do we find rest? Jesus says, come to me. It's in a person before it's in a practice. It's in Jesus before it's in a pattern. Come to me. And then the second thing he says, and this is my final point, he says, learn from me. Come to me, learn from me. We're talking about discovering the future God has for us. But the future God has for us isn't in a new idea. It's not in a new philosophy. It's in Jesus. The peace that we need for the future, I believe the future God wants us to discover is a future of rest and a future of peace. A future of being productive but chilled. At rest, at peace in our souls. So Jesus says, come to me, and he says, learn from me. Let me read those verses again from the message. Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you will learn to live freely and lightly. Jesus says, come to me, and he says, come and learn from me. Come and <clears throat> discover. You know the thing about being a follower of Jesus, you never should get to that place where you think, I've got it. I've got this stuff. Tick. Yeah, I've, I've got it. I understand it. I've got it. Because following Jesus is a life of learning from him. Come to him in every circumstance. Learn from me, and you will find rest for your souls. Every situation, Jesus is saying, you can experience rest. Every, every concern, you can experience rest. And I've discovered in life that you can have peace in one situation and peace in, come to a place of peace in one 
experience, but then have anxiety in another. Has anybody else found that? <clears throat> you can find that. I can, I've found that you can experience a, a miracle and have God do incredible things in one place in your life, but they'll still be full of worry and concern in another area of your life. God can heal you in one situation, but then you not be able to believe that God will heal you in another situation. I've discovered that. Anybody else discovered that? And that's why we have to keep coming to Jesus and keep learning from him. I've told this story a few times, but some years ago, my default mindset was very negative. I just thought it was my personality and but God began to speak to me. Everything was negative, and God began to speak to me. And he wanted to renew my mind. He wanted to change this disposition, this default position. And I've told this story, as I say many times, and how I began to take captive every thought. Every time I had a negative thought, I would just take captive that thought, and I would say to myself, that's not me. That's not how I think. That's not the person I am. But this is how I think. And I would replace those thoughts with faith-filled thoughts, thoughts that were based on God's word, thoughts that were based on his truth, thoughts that trusted God rather than believing the, the negative and the worst that would happen. And it took many months, but I began to change. And at first I just saw small changes, but eventually I felt like I'd been transformed. I felt like my thinking had changed and I was a, a different person and, and I approached life in a very different way. I approached ministry, I approached everything in a very different way. Like Paul says in Romans 12, I'd been renewed by the changing, the renewing of my mind. But then a few years later, 2017, I was ill as many of you know and I should have died the consultants told us that I should have died but God healed me God saved me miraculously but here was the thing when I came out of hospital my new mindset had gone I was back to thinking the old ways I couldn't understand it I looked back and I thought I'd been transformed I was changed I thought differently now I didn't face those those fears, that negativity, that struggle in my mind. I didn't think like everything was going wrong. I, I, I just couldn't understand it, but I'd gone back. The old me was back. Jeannie said this to me. I have it on record. It seems like you've gone right back to where you once were. I have to tell you, I didn't appreciate those comments. <laughs> Because I didn't want to learn the rhythms of grace again. I thought I'd learnt them. But Jesus was speaking to me again in that situation. He said, Paul, come to me. Learn from me. Come to me. I didn't want to do the work. And even though I knew Jesus was the answer, I'd experienced Jesus as the answer. Something in me resisted. I resisted Jesus. But then I resisted the resistance. And I went back to Jesus to learn from him again. And I began to do the same thing. This is not who I am. This is not how I think. This is not the person God has made me. This isn't what God has for me. And I just began to renew my mind over and over again. I want to tell you, I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad I did. Jesus says, come to me. And then he says, learn from me. The band can come back. We're going to close in a second.
Do what I do, Jesus says. Learn from me. I want to teach you the rhythms of grace. I don't know what that means for you or me today. I don't know exactly what that means for all of us together. But I do know that Jesus is calling us to himself. Come to me. He's the answer. He says this, become my servants and learn from me because I am gentle and free from pride. Why, why does he say I am gentle and free from pride? I'm so glad you asked, Dave, why he says that. Why does he say I'm free from pride? Because he wants us to know it's not about him. This isn't to boost him. This isn't to elevate him. This isn't, isn't to puff him up. This isn't about him. It's about you. Come to me, I'm gentle, I'm free from pride. This is for you. It's for our benefit. So what happens when we come to him and we learn from him? What's the result? We find rest for our souls. Let me illustrate it with this final little story. Jesus is on the cross and he's crucified between two thieves. You remember the story. And uh, one of the uh, thieves on the cross ridicule, ridicule him. They call him names. They dispute his claims to be who he said he would be. There's, a, there's all this ridicule. There's all this noise. There's all this chatter. There's this 24-7 lack of peace flooding at Jesus. But then the other thief on the cross says this, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus says this to him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. We think paradise is heaven. It's an unfortunate translation. But let me translate it to you properly. Today you will be with me in the garden. The garden. Which garden? Glad you asked. The Garden of Eden. You'll be with me in the garden. Remember that garden where it was all peaceful and it was all perfect? Where everything you just, were, it was you and God. You, there was no shame, no fear. It was all pure. Jesus says to the thief on the cross, today you're going to be with me in the garden. We're going to be in that place of rest, a place of peace, a place of rest, where weights are removed, where there's zero gravity, where there's nothing dragging you down. And I think Jesus says to us today, and I think it's a picture, that that garden is everywhere. It's actually wherever Jesus is. Today you will be with me in the garden. And so he says to us, Icon Church, I've got peace, I've got rest for your soul right now. Come to me. Learn from me. Maybe you've just been running around trying to find peace, trying to find rest, looking at all kinds of things, doing all kinds of things to find that. There's an invitation from Jesus today for us. This is the future he has for us to discover in our relationship with him. Come to me and how do you know you've done that when you believe absolutely that he has everything you need and where you're seeking to spend time in his presence come on let's stand and
we're going to pray. Let's stand in all our campuses <clears throat> right now. We're going to pray. I know for all of us, we face those times of things weighing upon us. We face those times of anxiety and unrest. And maybe you're in that place right now. But as we close our services in worship, I want you to receive. I believe the Holy Spirit is with us. And even if you're watching online today, I want to encourage you to, in this moment, receive God's presence and receive His peace and receive His rest as we worship. But let's bow our heads and just close our eyes for a second because I want to just give an invitation. If there's anybody, anyone in any of our campuses today or even online today and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, I want you to know this invitation, come to me, is for you. It's, it's offered to you right now. <clears throat> and Jesus said you may have been and tried so many things in your life. You may have looked for answers in so many places. But he says, I am the way. I'm the truth. I am the life. And so I want to give you an opportunity right now to say yes to Jesus. In a few moments, I'm going to count to three. And then I'm going to ask if that's you. I want you to raise your hand. Or if you're joining us online, there's a link or a button where you can say raise hand. I want you to click that button, click that link and respond in this moment. Say, I am saying yes to Jesus' invitation to come to him. So would you do that today? This is your opportunity to say yes. Just like many people, the people stood around you possibly have done or the people watching with you online today may have done that. I want you to do that in this moment. So if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus or you once made a decision to follow him but you feel like you've drifted away I want you to raise your hand and receive in this moment. Say yes to him. So after three, one, two, three. If that's you, would you raise your hand right now? Would you, in any of our rooms, our campuses, would you just lift your hand right now? If you're watching online, press that button, click that link. I want to just pray for you. Lord, I thank you for every person who's responding to you right now, to responding your, to your invitation to come to them. I pray that they will know you. They'll know your forgiveness. They'll know your salvation. And they'll know your peace. We ask you for that in Jesus' name. And then for everyone else in our campuses or online today, you just know that you're carrying weights. You just know that God is speaking to you today. I, I want to believe for a supernatural moment right now where the Holy Spirit just lifts weights off. That if you're in one of our rooms, you, you walk out of the rooms and you feel there's less gravity. There's less weight. There's less burden. There's less worry. There's less anxiety right now because we've been in the presence of Jesus and He's been speaking into our hearts and into our lives. So I just encourage you right now as we worship, as we draw near to God, just lean in, just receive from Him His peace, His rest, His joy in the name of Jesus as we worship. Come on, let's sing together. Thank you.